0: Good morning and welcome to worship today at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor. It's great to be with you. If you're joining us online, I want to say a special word of welcome to you as well. Here at Kern Church, we're committed to creating belonging and hope by connecting you to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to other people. And I hope that's what you feel and experience today. I want to say a word of prayer for you this morning. God, thank you so much for this day. I pray blessings upon each one who's worshiping You here at Kern and online. May may Your Spirit be lifted up as we we join together with You and as we ask, ask You to move in our hearts. Open the hearts of all that are here and all that are listening. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Uh, a few a few years ago, really more years ago than i 'd like to admit, Hope and I were uh, at a uh, at, at a shopping center we were leaving the shopping center, and this was at a time when uh when there was a hurricane that had, had displaced a lot of families, and a lot of families had just moved uh, moved north, and several of them were in our community. And as we were leaving this shopping center, we noticed that there was a young family with, uh, with small kids that were sta- standing on the corner uh, saying that they were displaced and that, that they, they needed help. And, and usually Hope, that's my wife if you don't know her, Hope, Hope is usually the generous one in our household, um, There's probably plenty of reasons for this. I think she has uh, got a better heart than I do, so that's just... That's just the way it is. But, uh, anyways, so usually she's the generous one. But as we were at the at the stop sign, I, I said, why don't, "Why don't we we give them some money? Why don't we help them out?" She was a hairdresser at the time, and so when I said, "Why don't we give them some money?" it meant uh, she had cash on her. I said, "Why don't you give her some money? The, this family some money." Um, and and I, I thought she was she was holding holding like a, some 20 a twenty dollar bill in her hand as she was. Dealing with her money and and, and, and uh, so so why don 't you just give that to them and But then she starts digging in her purse, trying to find trying to find i think more money and i 'm like, how much money are we going to give her you 're going to be more generous than I, I thought we needed to be this twenty dollars surely was going to be you know enough for for somebody that 's standing on the side of the, Side of the street, right there. Surely that would that would be enough. That could help them get lunch for the day, or probably buy lunch and even some baby formula at the time. You probably couldn't do that now with twenty dollars, but you could several years ago. And and I thought that surely was enough. And so she kept, I was confused of why she was digging for money still. And I said, just just give it to them. Just give them to them. We have to pull away before car stop starts. To honk and 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 so I asked her, as we were pulling away, I said, what well, what were you trying to find why why was why were you try, were you trying to find more money she said she, I said was that um, I, I thought you were carrying a, a twenty dollar bill with you And she said, no, that wasn't a twenty dollar bill that was a hundred dollar bill and, and so um, we we gave this family who was on on you know Say that they were d- displaced a hundred dollar bill when I thought we were giving them a twenty dollar bill. So I was insanely more generous uh, than than I ever probably would have been, and it was all it was all an accident. And but as I was driving away from this encounter, I was like, "Hey, man, a really a hundred dollar bill. I, 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 that's that's you know that used to be you know a good amount of money. Um, now it's I don't know half a grocery run." Uh, on a good week, but um, and 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 uh, I was unintentionally generous. And as we drove away, I started to to ponder this this story. I was like, "Wow, you know what? What is it? And and why does that seem like a really really hard thing to do?" But eventually, I realized um, I wouldn't miss that hundred dollars probably all that much, especially after a few hours went by. But maybe maybe it provided exactly what that family needed for that period of time. And so as I was driving away, as we were driving away, this act of, of spontaneous generosity, of just giving spontaneously, it, it made me begin to feel good. It made me begin to feel good. And even to this day, I remember this story um, probably because um, it shows how ridiculous I am, but, but we helped somebody in, in a fairly large way, at least just for this kind of donation. And it was unintentional, but I still felt good about the situation. You know, spontaneous giving, spontaneous generosity makes you feel good. It's something that makes you feel good. It's like when you walk by the, the red Salvation Army buckets, and I don't know if you're like me, I, I almost never have money on me, cash or, or change or anything. And so, if you're like me and you're walking by, um, uh, walking by the the red buckets, and you're like, I've got to maybe I got to walk at this other entrance so I don't feel guilty for not putting some money in this box. Or, or you see the uh, sorry for our, our scouts, boy scouts in the room, or you see the boy scouts trying to sell popcorn. You're like, I've got to go to the other side so I, I don't have to try to buy buy popcorn. Whatever, the, whatever the case. Uh, now the Girl Scouts selling cookies—that's a whole—that's a whole nother. The Girl Scouts really, really um, have a better marketing plan than the than the boys when it comes to comes to streets. But, you know, you, you, you maybe walk to the other side or, or maybe you have some money and you're like, OK, well, I can throw some change into this red bucket. Or, or maybe you were planning to walk into Target and buy a Starbucks coffee into the little in, in-store station. And so you had five dollars in your pocket. and You're like, well, I've got this five dollar bill. I can I can put that in my pocket. And it, it doesn't really do anything to you. I mean, perhaps it, you don't get that coffee or you buy it with your credit card or your phone app or whatever the case may be. Or maybe you just forego it all altogether. That small little gift doesn't do anything, but you probably feel pretty good about it. It probably lifts your spirits because the person ringing the bell says, thank you and Merry Christmas. And, and, and you're able to, to, to have this nice interaction and knowing that something positive happens with it because spontaneous giving makes you feel good. I mean, it really does. I think this is why fast food restaurants and, and retailers are always wanting you to round up for their for their charity calls you know you, you spend whatever and they say well, hey will you round up to go support the XYZ charity of the month or or maybe add add, add five or ten dollars to your purchase to, to support this 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 venture that we're going and they know that for most people rounding up their change to the next dollar isn't going to make that much of a difference in your bottom line and even giving an extra five or ten dollars on top of, of, of a purchase isn't probably going to make that much of a A financial difference in most people's lives. It will be in some, of course, but in most people's lives. But the thing is, the retailers know that if you take countless small donations and and add them together, you can make they can make at least kind of a large impact. I got to wondering how much money is usually raised by these round rounding up efforts. And I was just kind of blown away, just to be honest. The the rideshare company Lyft. Uh, has a roundup and donate project that since 2019 has raised over $30 million for charity. And I thought, well, that was pretty phenomenal. But they know that spontaneous giving makes you feel good. And so they tried to leverage that to make a bigger difference, to make an outsized difference. Now, retailers might be able to leverage spontaneous giving, the spontaneous giving of thousands and thousands of patrons to make a difference but that's usually not how it works. I mean, it usually doesn't work that way. You see, spontaneous giving can make you happy for a moment, but it usually doesn't have a lasting impact. And today we're continuing our message series called Harvesting a Breakthrough in Your Life, where we're looking and focusing on practices that God gives you to help you uh, find miracles and help you live out breakthroughs in your life. And if you're new here or haven't been with us for the past few weeks, we've been looking at two of these practices, namely prayer and serving others and these are two practices that God uses to directly bring miracles and breakthroughs into reality. And today, I want to have a conversation with you about a third practice. And the third practice that God uses to bring, it, to bring breakthroughs and miracles is, is that of intentional generosity. Intentional generosity. Now, if you are new here or if you're online, it's really easy. You can just like click off to the next YouTube video. Um, but, but if you're, but if you're new here and you might be thinking, okay, here it comes. Here it comes, right? I knew churches only talk about money, and so here's the preacher uh, about to just start talking about money. The the preacher going to you know try to reach into my wallet, into my pocket, and, and 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 that's just not all that pleasant. And and if you're online, you have the greater benefit from everybody here that you can just uh, you know click off, which is easier than walking out. You can still walk out, um, but it's uh, like peer pressure not to. And and so let me just give a disclaimer: if if Chris, you can't walk out, you've got to sing. Later on, Um, let me just give a disclaimer here um, uh, uh, first off. Here's the deal what I'm going to share about generosity is for people who are a part of a community of faith, it's for people who are already people of faith. The practice of, of generosity is, is something that is, is directly meant for people of faith to partner with God to create miracles. So if you're not a person of faith or not really connected yet into a community of faith, what I'm about to share with you may not make all that much sense. It may, um, but I'm not about to try to reach into anybody's wallet. That would be weird. And um, we're not, we're not going to do that. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to ask you also, I also want to share, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I don't already do myself, and I think that's important. Uh, So, disclaimer is over. Um, Just, if that was important for you, good. If not, forget about it. We already know that spontaneous giving makes you feel good, but here's the deal. For people of faith, breakthroughs and and miracles don't usually happen through spontaneous generosity, through spontaneous giving. Instead, God uses intentional generosity to make an eternal difference. Spontaneous giving feels good, but but intentional generosity makes an eternal difference. And so today I want to share with you something that an, an early Christian writing that really highlights this idea that I'm talking about, about how important intentional generosity is in making an eternal difference. And so if you have a Bible with you and you want to follow along, I'm going to be looking at the book of the Bible that's known as 2 Corinthians. And if you don't know much about the Bible, 2 Corinthians isn't really a book. We call it a book, but it isn't really a book. It's really just a letter that was written by this, this uh, early Christian pastor, a guy by the name of Paul, and he's writing to Christians who were living in the town of Corinth. They were known as Corinthians, and so they're living in the town of Corinth, which was about 50 miles west of Athens, Greece. And what, and what I'm about to share with you, Paul is writing to them about intentional generosity and he is encouraging them to be a part of God's breakthroughs and miracles by making a plan and becoming intentionally generous. So what's going on is that Paul is trying to raise money for a community in Jerusalem, a church in Jerusalem. And he's writing and going to visit to other churches to ask them to be a part of this plan of, of intentionally generous being generous to support the community in Jerusalem. And the reason that they're doing this is because the community, the church community in Jerusalem is having a hard time because they're food insecure. There's a whole famine going on in Jerusalem. The people don't have food to eat. And so they're trying to raise money throughout, throughout the land to, to send back to try to find food for people living in Jerusalem. And Paul is writing to Christians living in Corinth, asking them to plan to support this campaign. So if you're following along, I'm going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, beginning in verse 6, and today I'm reading out of the message translation of the Bible. And here Paul has just told them a story about how some other Christians, some other churches had been really generous, and, and, and then he writes this. That's what prompted us to ask Titus, this is another Christian leader, that's what prompted us to ask Titus to uh, bring the relief offering to your attention so that... Um, what was begun so well could be finished up. You do so well in so many things. You trust God, you're articulate, you're insightful, you're passionate, you love us, now do your best in this too. So Paul says, you live faithful lives. You live faithful lives in so many ways. Now I want to invite you to live faithfully with your finances. And now he's about to start talking. He's going to start talking about the importance of making a plan to be intentional with your generosity. And here's what he says uh, in in verse 8 and 9. I'm not trying to order you around against your will. He's saying, I'm not trying to manipulate here. It's not something I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to get some type of spontaneous gift that's going to make you feel good for a moment and then kind of uh, uh, get me to quit asking you. I'm not about to do that. Instead, he says, I am hoping to bring the best out of you. You are familiar with the generosity of our master, Jesus Christ. He was rich, rich as he was. He gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor and we became rich. So here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started last year and not to let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. Once the commitment is clear, you, can do, uh, you do what you can, not what you can't. Once your commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. Spontaneous Giving feels good, but intentional generosity makes an eternal difference. And and Paul reminds them that they have already made a plan to be generous. They have already made a plan to be generous. These people of faith in Corinth knows how God uses intentional generosity to make an eternal difference and, and to bring about miracles. So Paul asks them just to follow through with their plan. He says, once you're clear about how you intend to be generous, you don't have to think about it anymore. You don't have to think about it anymore. Instead, you just do what you can, not what you can't. And this is the good thing about making a plan to be intentionally generous. You just follow through with that plan, whatever it may be. And of course, sometimes there's life circumstances and and, and, and job loss and stuff where you have to change things, but as long as nothing changes, if you made that plan, you can just kind of follow through with it. To use the words that Paul uses, once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't when you make a plan to be intentionally generous, you don't have to worry and, and try to figure figure out what you should give on any given day or, or when. You just follow through with what you can, not what you can't. And when, when I think about the difference between spontaneous giving and, and, and generosity, I think about I think about the power of, of water. You know, if you know anything about water, you know that it causes erosion. You, you deal with this at home if you've got flower beds because the water you know, will wash out the soil, it'll wash out the mulch. Um, I, I have like this exposed wall of dirt beside my driveway. And every time it rains, it likes to um, fill my driveway with mud and that's just lovely. Um, I guess that's one benefit of not having too much rain the past uh, forever, uh, but uh, we, we don't have a mud driveway anymore, and, and, and so what happens is, you know, of course this happens with rock as well, and it's hard to believe, but great canyons can be, can be created and are created through the power of water, but I've got a, a rock right here. It's still pretty cold. It slept outside last night, um, you, they don't really bring your rocks inside so, you know, this rock right here and I've got a cup of water and, and you know that if I take this cup of water and I pour it on this rock the the rock, it's going to get wet I mean, that's it like that's all that happens. The rock gets wet and it's dirty, so it may be cleaned off a little bit. but But that's like spontaneous generosity. you just You just see a rock and, and you pour a little bit of water on it. Nothing really substantial happens to the rock, right other than then it gets wet, and if it's a pretty rock, you might you might see some like shiny things that are happening and going on in the rock. but that, but that's just water, and, and you pour it, and, and I, there's more in here, and nothing is going to happen other than it gets wet. Um, but the thing is. The power of water over a period of time could make a huge impact. I mean, if I had this cup of water and I stood here for, for, for weeks, nothing would happen. But if I kept standing here and pouring water over and over on this rock, things would start to form. The rock would start to erode. There's this park in, um, in British Columbia. I think we've got a picture of this if you put it up. Uh, there's this park in British Columbia, and maybe you've seen this before, but it's a demonstration of what erosion looks like. And and there's this pipe that goes above this stone, and, and on the left side, you can see it says 15 years of water erosion. So that water's been falling down for 15 years, and it looks pretty unaffected, similar to just pouring on this rock. It looks pretty un, unaffected by the water, but there's a small little crevice that, that you can find underneath that, that water. And then if you fast forward for 10 years, and see that 25 years of erosion, you see there's a, a bigger divot, a, a more of a canyon that started to form, and the same drip drop of water over 50 years, you start to see how the rock is really moving and, and getting to a place where eventually it's going to split in half. Eventually, that rock, that stone, you're not going to be able to see it in the way in the way. The cup of water only pouring onto it makes very little difference but water applied time after time, day after day, it makes a huge difference. And such it is with intentional generosity. You know, when, when, you, when you see a, a gift, a spontaneous gift, it can make you feel good. It can make you, make you excited to be able to do something. But when you begin to compound that with a plan of intentional generosity, of giving month in, month out, week in, week out, to something of importance, whether it's church or some other type of thing, you can begin to see what it's like to have an eternal impact I mean, the canyons that we see around us were not created in a matter of days or weeks, created in years and years of of impact and exposure to water. And this is how it is with planned and intentional giving. Spontaneous giving feels good, but intentional generosity, it makes an eternal difference. Each act of intentional generosity, no matter how, how small it may seem today, contributes to a greater and more profound impact over time. Just like the slow drip of water creates, creates movements and creates shapes and rocks that a, a single poor never could, and ch- intentional generosity shapes lives and communities in deep and enduring ways. It allows God to break through and bring miracles in real ways in people's lives. Spontaneous giving feels good, but intentional generosity makes an eternal difference. So in light of this, what does this mean for you? Well, here, here's the thing. You don't have to take my word for it. I want to, uh, to go back to what Paul wrote and what Paul was writing these, these Christians living in Corinth and to tell them about what it means for them, because I think it means the same thing for you and for me as well. So if you're still following along in your Bible, I'm going to be reading over in chapter 9, beginning around verse 5. Here Paul writes this. He says, I want you to have all the time you need to make this offering in your own way. I don't want anything forced or hurried at the last minute. Remember, A stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and to make up your own mind about what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. So so what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? It means it's important to make a plan to make a plan to be intentional about your generosity so that you can make an eternal difference. Now, everybody's plan for, for, for giving and, and is going to look different. I think one of the best ways to be intentional about your generosity and your giving is to give proportionately to your income, proportionally to your income. That means that being intentional about seeing how much income you have and then giving a certain percentage of it, a certain percentage of it in a way that is meaningful, a way uh, that goes back to God, through the ministries of the church. And so often people talk about this as the tithe. Um, but really, a tithe is 10 is, percent. Is so if, if you're not giving 10 percent of your income, you're not giving a tithe. And, and that's we know that if our church is like any, any other church in America, only about 5% of people, 5% of Christians, are giving a tithe to, to their church through God. And, and so um, if you're not there, that's okay. But I, I think that one of the most powerful ways of being intentional about your generosity is giving proportionately. That, that way that, that, that people are, are being serious about what you're giving and, and deciding what you're giving, but but also knowing that that God can use that in powerful ways. Um, you know, maybe right now, and so I want to invite you, if you're not giving 10%, if you're not giving a tithe, I want to invite you to pray about it. And as you're praying about it, going from like 0% to 10%, that's that's a lot, and maybe that, that may not be what, what God is, is inviting you to do, but maybe you're giving 0% or you're giving only at spontaneous times, times where it feels good or, or times where you want to make a little bit of a difference and you're not sure how to do it. But I want to invite you to take a step in faith and, and to just give intentionally and to pray about it. And maybe for you that might mean from going from 0% to 1% of your income, just beginning to give an intentional way, beginning to give an intentional way. But I also know that at the other end, that for some of you, giving 10% is, um, is really not all that much. Some of you have, have uh, perhaps more means or more, more um, openness, like from your expenses to your your income. like That's a good good place to be. For some of you, when you think about and you pray over and you plan, God might be asking you at this moment to to not give 10% of your income, but to give more than that. And, And if God is asking you to do that, that's between you and God. But I want you to listen to that because God might just be getting you ready to do something big. God might just be getting you ready to to really have a a big impact, to use you to create miracles and breakthroughs in ways that you could have never imagined. So maybe as you pray and as you think about how you you, you could be giving, if God says, you know, you need to give more than that 10%, listen to that voice, not my voice as the preacher, listen to the voice of God and work that out. As Paul said, you know, think about it, work it out. Don't let anybody twist your arm. And I want you to know that I want to be totally transparent with you. I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't already do. And I tell you this not to pat myself on the back because that doesn't really matter, but I want you to know that I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't do myself. So right now, I've been praying about what God is asking me to do um, and how God is asking me and my family to be generous this coming year. And so before I, I get paid, or when I get paid, the, the first thing that I do is I've already made a plan to give back a portion of my income, about 10% back to, to God, through the church. And so every month when I get paid, the first check that I write goes to the church. In fact, really, it's the only check I write just about unless I have to pay for a field trip because I don't write checks all that often. I have to find my checkbook. But the first check that I write every every single month goes to the church. And I have to let you know that this is freeing. It's freeing because as Paul says, it protects me from sob stories and from arm twisting. And I know that that's a great thing to be protected from sob stories and arm twisting. So if you make that plan, if you're intentionally generous, you can be protected from those things. And then when you do this, when you make a plan to be intentionally generous, it frees you to experience breakthroughs that God wants from you. It really, does, it really does for you. It allows you to experience thanksgiving of God and allows you to make an eternal difference. What Paul says is this, it also, being intentional with your generosity, it also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgivings to God. Spontaneous giving feels good, but intentional generosity makes an eternal difference. So I want, to invite you, I want to invite you to consider how God might be inviting you to invest in the work of God of bringing breakthroughs and miracles by being intentionally generous in this coming year. And to help you do this, to help you take a next step, inside your worship program, there is a, a faithful giving commitment card. You can also scan the Next Steps QR code, and you can see that this form is online. And and I want to invite you to consider uh, to consider this form. And I've already I was praying about it, and I've already filled out my form. I'm going to turn my form in today. Um, and and uh, this if this is the first time you're seeing this, you're probably not going to turn this in today. But you can bring it back to the church anytime we have worship. You can bring it back, uh, filling it out online, and we'll get that as well. You can bring it to the church office. But I want to just to invite you to take this, as Paul said, think it over and make a plan about how you can be intentionally generous. And I know that God will use that intentional generosity to make an eternal difference in the life of our church, our community, and in, I believe, in your life as well. So right now, I want to say a word of prayer as as we invite our musicians to come back up and and help us close out and sing songs, sing a song this morning. I just want to invite you to, to begin this process of praying and thinking about how you're generous. And if you're like, you know, I'm not ready to really invest in the church, generosity is still important in your life. So it's important to figure out how you're going to live into that. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for who you are, for the ways that, that you invite us to be a part of your breakthroughs and your miracles. I thank you for the ways that, that many of us saw miracles and breakthroughs through serving others this just yesterday at our food distribution, and, and the way that other people's intentional generosity has made that, made that ministry possible. I pray right now for each one who hears these words that, that you will speak to them, that they will speak to you and consider how, how they can be generous, not so that the church can be enriched, but so that they can be a part of your eternal life, of your eternal difference that you desire for people to receive and for people to experience so as we consider how to be how to be intentionally generous use that oh god to make an eternal impact through jesus christ our lord amen as you go from here go forth living in intentionally generous lives sharing with others the the breakthroughs that god might have for them praying for our community and and receiving the power and presence of God Almighty. Go forth with the love of God. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks, and have a blessed day.